handle the truth. Should we or should we not follow the advice of the galactically stupid? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You know why? You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. Clearly, don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I am not in danger, Skyler. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Righteous Prick Podcast. I am your host, J.L. Covan. It is Sunday, December 5th in the year of our Lord, 2021, at 2.10 p.m. Eastern. That's right, another week of busy law work and road comedy work. That means squeeze the podcast in whenever you can get it. So uh, I have to do this on Sunday. I'm also in the middle of a, watch, a rewatch of Lawrence of Arabia because I have to discuss that film on a podcast setting up my brand new tablet, have to do a lot of prep work for the Epis, the uh, Jeffrey Epstein Awards, which are the year-end awards that we do on Making Podcasts Great Again. Uh, I, as star of the show and also archivist and also uh, research assistant, uh, have to, you know, go back through the show and find everything um, because uh, I'll leave it at that. Uh, the bu- 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 um, a lot of stuff going on, but let me start with the gigs, folks, because we have new gigs to report. Okay, so if you're listening now, and you're one of those, if you're listening now, you probably listened to the whole episode because you, of all people, know how crazy and unpredictable each Righteous Prick podcast episode can be. But I'm going to start with the gigs because they're very important. This week, no idea how many listeners I have in Pittsburgh, the greater Pittsburgh area, but I'm at the Pittsburgh Improv. I'm looking forward to this gig, even if there are uh, not a lot of people. So hopefully I get pleasantly surprised on Thursday with a decent crowd, especially because I will be spending all day in my hotel doing legal work. Uh, so it'll be good to get out there. It won't feel as good if I get out there and there's like 17 people. I'll be like, huh, not sure this was worth it even though deep down it is worth it because I like meeting fans. The fans that come out to stand-up shows generally uh, tend to be uh, really good fans. Um, So I can pretend like it's not worth it, but meeting fans, even uh, as Jesus, I consider myself uh, sort of the Christ of comedy. And uh, wherever two or more are gathered in my name, I will be there. Now, often it's not many more than two. Okay, so we're meeting Jesus Christ's bringer, 
minimum requirement, but sometimes not much more. I'd love for there to be a big crowd on Thursday, but it's I've been pumping this show for a while. We'll see what happens, to quote our great still president, Donald J. Trump. Um, after that, big weekend of shows in Washington, D.C., December 16th to the 19th. Get your tickets. There's going to be uh, some high-profile D.C. players in the house throughout the weekend. I'm not even kidding you. Um, but these are going to be great shows. They're in the lounge, so it's it's in a weird way. The lounge is like 65 people or something per show, so it allows me uh, already a, a majestically massive performer in stature to really dominate a room. It almost looks like comical. It's almost something out of Willy Wonka at the point that I'm so large for that room. But those will be great shows. Uh, a nice, my first time, uh, 18 years ago, uh, I had, sorry, 18? No, 17 years ago, uh, I emceed for Gary Owen at the DC Improv, my first paid comedy club work ever. A mere 17 years later, I am headlining the DC Improv lounge. And uh, it's really just a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a heartwarming story of if you persevere long enough, you can headline the annex room of the club you started in while trying desperately to forget that a certain lip sync comedian headlined the big room. So let's see where this episode goes now that I've tarnished it with that. No, uh, no, it's going to be awesome. It's, it's going to be uh, awesome. I hope uh, if all my DC area listeners get their tickets. Um, I hope we have uh, great shows. Uh, we'll be bringing my albums with me for sale. So bring some money or credit cards. Um, and once again, I will also be working during the day on Friday uh, when I'm in DC. So there's really, there's no, uh, what is it? No rest for the wicked. Um, I didn't think I was wicked, but apparently um, uh, I am because there's no rest, folks. Uh, I got boosted on Friday. Well, we'll get to that later. Let's keep going with the gigs. So that's this month, okay? Then... January, we kick it off in Harrisburg, PA. Still no ticket link. I've now become uh, one of those divas that keeps asking the venue for a ticket link. I know, JL Covan, so diff one of the worst reputations in the business. You know, the guy, it's a month away from the show, and he's like, Where's my ticket link? What a dick. But it's true. I am uh, still requesting that ticket link, and that should be done by early this week. So if you're one of my uh, a couple of fans, uh, multiple, I'll just say multiple, let's just say Harrisburg will also m meet the Jesus Christ bringer requirement. Um, but Harrisburg, I'm going to get that ticket link out soon. Uh, and then the big dog shows start. Obviously, D.C. and Pittsburgh are big dog shows, but then we really get going. Uh, Chicago, folks. The ticket link is up at jlcomedy.com on the calendar page. Chicago Improv, Thursday, January 27th. For God's sakes, get your tickets. Let's do this. I'm in town for two nights, performing one of them. Uh, little Chicago Improv story. I once flew myself out in 2010 to audition for the Chicago Improv. It was an audition for the Denver and Chicago Improvs in Chicago crushed the audition, got paid $50, was told, yep, you're passed for feature work at the Denver and Chicago Improvs. And in the ensuing 11 years, I was booked exactly zero times to perform at the Chicago or Denver Improvs. Uh, on top of that, 
the flight, the JetBlue flight to uh, Chicago, which if I'm not mistaken, that was the flight. I've referenced it before where it was turbulent for exactly two hours of the two-hour flight to Chicago. Um, it's always a bad sign when the pilot gets on at the beginning of the flight when you're still settling and goes, it's going to end up being a kind of a bumpy flight, folks. We're just getting, and I was like, oh, good. Love that. And it was. Though the funny thing was, if you can just get through that out, that first hour of bumpiness, eventually your system goes into either shock or something else, and you stop caring, which is what happened to me. You know, by the second hour of the flight, I was like, well, if this is it, this is it, and that's okay by me, because my hormones are no longer pumping whatever it is that makes me afraid, because I've tapped out of that. Not afraid of running on empty when it comes to fear hormones. Uh, somebody please write into the show. Let me know which hormone controls fear. Uh, <laughs> um, so Chicago Improv, January 27th. Um, this is my Amtrak around the world tour, by the way. I'm taking Amtrak from New York to Chicago. I get in that morning. Uh, I'm hoping that the daytime, the popular Chicago daytime show that had me on twice in 2020, uh, via Zoom, obviously, I'm hoping they can have me the morning of the 27th, fingers crossed, because I think day, you know, get some of those moms that hate Trump out to the show that night for some wine and some merriment. Um, but I'm hoping I can I can hook that up. If not, you know, it's understandable. But it'd be with enough notice. I'm hoping that the uh, the host uh, who follows me on Instagram, we follow each other on Instagram. I'm hoping that he can uh, hook me up. Because that, you know, once again, I'm my own PR agent, so we're, we're, we're doing it, folks. We're living the dream of having nine jobs and half a salary. That is my comedy dream. Um, so that's Chicago. Then I, so I'm in Chicago uh, Tuesday. Uh, I get in Wednesday morning out of my little Amtrak room, baller. Baller afraid of flying, BAF. Uh, <laughs> or Bauf. It sounds very French, right? Baller uh, afraid of flying. Uh, you can call me Jean-Louis Bauf. Uh, Bauf stands for baller against afraid of flying. Why have I just turned into Jean-Claude Van Damme? Uh, no. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think, guys, I think what you're hearing right now is maybe this won't be a miserable episode. Maybe this will be one of those fun, manic episodes to start your week off. Because I'm posting this Monday, okay, folks? Because there's a lot to do for me this week. So let's just get it out there. Um, so I, I'm in, I arrive in Chicago Wednesday. We'll uh, uh, do uh, work, probably. I'm hoping to make this a three-week vacation. But my guess is I'm just going to go to my hotel and work all day. Uh, that 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 Wednesday, um, meet a friend for dinner, and then the next day, hopefully, do some media, and uh, arranged by me, of course, and do the show. Then the next afternoon, I hop on the train from Chicago to Los Angeles. I arrive in Los Angeles a tidy two days, well, a little less than two days later, uh, just in time for Sunday Mass in Los Angeles. My buddy Nick will pick me up, and I'm staying with him for the week. And we're going to just try and line up some mics and stuff for that week. But the two big shows that week for all my California fans, NorCal, as they say in NorCal, San Jose Improv, Wednesday, February 2nd, 8 p.m. Big show, be there or be somewhere else. And then... Flappers in Burbank, 
tickets. All these ticket links are up on my website. So um, I've tried to be responsive to the fans I have. Obviously, as soon as I post these cities, somebody's like, you need to come to Texas. And I'm like, you need to get a, a different governor and some people who love uh, health and science more than guns. Um, but no, I will go. I'm, I, like I said, referenced before, I got my booster shot. I'm still feeling the effects. Uh, I got it Friday, and I'm still feeling a little sore in the the lymph nodes and whatnot. But uh, you know, I feel protected. I feel um, uh, I feel good. Uh, well, no, I don't feel good, but I feel mentally good. Physically, I still feel a little shitty. Still, rec- uh, but I think by tomorrow I'll be good. And then here's the big one, folks. I know you've, you're probably like, God, he's doing the thing where he just lists his gigs again. But here's the big addition, folks. And this really was threading the needle because I booked um, this whole little tour has been booked by myself. And it took miracle of miracles just to thread these shows perfectly. You know, boom, Chicago on a Thursday. So it's not a Wednesday. It's a better night of the week. And then boom, I go to L.A. and I get to have my week in L.A. Well, with a break in San Jose. But from Los Angeles, I go to Vegas for a night just to just to break up the trip. And then. On February 9th, I arrive in Salt Lake City, Utah for Golden State versus Utah. And there will be social media videos, most likely TikToks, set to Roy Orbison's Pretty Woman as I go through the gift shop in the Vivint Smart Home Arena and just buy anywhere between $300 and $3,000 of jazz merchandise. Um, and you, yes, Roy Orbison will be playing in that TikTok video and hopefully the jazz Twitter will share it. Um, and then February 10th at wise guys comedy club in Jordan crossing, which is not the salt Lake city venue, but it's literally uh, a 25 minute drive from downtown salt Lake city. So it's kind I mean, for a New Yorker, that's nothing. Or for somebody, you know, in all these other cities, they're like, uh, we're at the Toledo Improv. It's nine cities away from Toledo, but Toledo was the most well-known city we could name. Um, it should be easy for people to get to. So February 10th, 7 p.m., headlining Wise Guys, Jordan Crossing, uh, Utah. So for my purposes, it's, it's a 25-minute it's a drive from my hotel. So that's pretty close. So uh, I don't want to hear anybody going, I thought you'd be in Salt Lake. I can't make it to Jordan Crossing. And I'll be like, really? You can't? That's like me saying, oh, I live in uh, I live in the Bronx. I can't make it to Manhattan. Yes, you can. Thank you. So that's it. And then the next night, for the I stay for the Magic Jazz game. And those tickets... I'm sitting in the Toyota club seats, like eight rows behind the scorer's table. So I'm really making the most. And then my comedy career is pretty much over. And my traveling career is over. And I'm just going to settle into being a lawyer unless a miracle happens, which we are hoping and working on for Half Blackface, my uh, forthcoming special. Also in February will be my cable drama debut, a little scene-stealing appearance on a popular cable drama. Um, So that's fun. Uh, and then, uh, I have knee surgery on May, on March 2nd. And I think that's probably just it. That's a wrap. That's, that's, um, you know, the JL, you, you know, maybe he'll turn me into RoboCop or something, but, uh, that's, that's probably much it. I'm just gonna, that after that focus on my, my modeling career pretty much now that I've lost all this weight and I'll have a repaired knee and be able to jog again and really fine tune this, um, this SUV of a, of a frame I'm carrying around and, uh, that's it. So, uh, goodbye comedy, goodbye acting. Hello, uh, much easier world of male modeling. So, uh,
Thank you, everybody, for listening to this. No, uh, that's it. Those are the gigs. I hope I made that mildly entertaining, but I'm very excited. I'm very. I'm hoping I don't have to work, but I really think I'm going to have to work while on the road trip, which really kind of nullifies the vacation feel of it because, God, I was looking forward to just being like, I don't – even if it's just for three weeks of my life, I get to just revert back to being a full-time comedian where I'm just focused on putting out – videos and writing material and working on some sketches and some scripts and just you know taking a long lunch and not worrying about do I have to get to my eight or nine hours billable today but it seems like that will not happen so um, it'll maybe just be a quasi vacation which is uh, you know uh, not as good as a non quasi vacation as many of you may know. So uh, this weekend, I tried to put up a stand-up clip, a stand-up Saturday clip. It's the Andrew Gillum bit that uh, did not make it onto Half Blackface. I had to trim. There was there was no fat to trim, really. I just had to I had to leave off a couple of bits. People who have seen me recently uh, in Boston, in Long Island, etc. Um, a couple of the bits they were very very tough to get rid of. They're not done. I can still perform them and I can still put out videos, which is what I was trying to do with the Andrew Gillum bit. Uh, Andrew Gillum, if you don't know, was the uh, guy who lost to Ron DeSantis by one point or less than one point in the 2018 Florida gubernatorial race. Um, What could have been, but then was found in a hotel. Um, He's a married father of two, but he was found married to a woman. Uh, It's kind of, I should have to specify that. It used to be just you could say married and people would be like, oh, okay, woman. And, you know, but now we, uh, other people have rights too. So he married to a woman, a father of two, found um, with a male escort who had OD'd on crystal meth in a uh, Florida hotel room. And it's a bit about that. And it's a great, great bit. It's I think it's the bit that got Roy Wood Jr. to book me to ho- open for him in Long Island. Like I and, and when I listened to my tape of the bit from Long Island, I could hear him laughing uh, in the background. So that was that was very cool. Um, but that bit didn't make it because it was surrounded by a bit on Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, and then Marilyn Manson and. It felt like too big a chunk talking about similar things, and I just had to decide which one was going to go. And the Andrew Gillum one was the one that went. Um, but it's still in my arsenal, and I'm sure you'll probably hear it in, in some of these upcoming shows. Uh, but I tried to make a video. And the other bit, anybody who's in Boston or Long Island has heard me do the comparing myself to Guns N' Roses and TikTok lip sync to Bobby McFerrin. Uh, this bit was destroying for me, but similarly... I had to make a choice. And in a battle of TikTok lip sync analogies, it was either the remix of the Millie Vanilli bit or the Bobby McFerrin bit that had to go. And the crowd reaction and, uh, and the, the relevance of Millie Vanilli, it stayed and it crushed. But I felt like I couldn't do the redundancy. I, even though I was like, this is a great bit and this is a great bit. In other words, it's almost like a team. If you have a great shooting guard, even if the best player available is a shooting guard, you're probably going to take a different position because you don't need the redundancies where, where they almost defeat each other by being redundant, even though they're both individually great. That's how I felt about some of these bits. So it's, it's, it, was, it was a good problem to have, and I'm so happy with the way the special went. But there were some bits that like people have heard me recently doing that I really thought were going to be on the special that I just kind of made a, a last-minute call like that. If I've got to choose, 
I'm choosing A and B instead of C and D. So the point of all that was I was, uh, as you all know, if you listen to this, I have a new computer. My hand is almost healed. Uh, which is dis- which is sad because in in a weird way, one of the activities that hurts my Dell destroying hand uh, is um, that's a callback to a few weeks ago. So if you don't know now, you know. Look up the uh, episode where I physically beat and then um, raped my old laptop uh, <laughs> just to teach it a lesson. Um, Deliverance for Dell. That also could have been a good title for the uh, for the episode. Um, when I crack open eggs and like pull apart an eggshell, that fucks up my right hand. It's a we- it's weird little things like that. Um, so Dell is still Dell beyond the grave, still hurting me. So I res- I hate it, but I respect it. Okay, you have my respect, Dell. You make a terrible product, but your vengeance game is uh, on point. Uh, so I had to buy a new computer, and then um, I. Because the old computer died, I didn't get to uh, deactivate my movie making program. That I basically do simple edits for my for my videos when I post like uh, uh, stand up videos. So um, I couldn't access that that's that code. I didn't get to deactivate it, so I could activate it on a new computer. And I couldn't get the code. I didn't have the code written down. That's what happens when your computer dies. You don't get to access that stuff. So it sucks. So I bought the new version of the program. I was like, oh, good. I've used this program in like since 2010. And each time I've upgraded, this would be like the fourth version I have. Each time it's been like 85% the same. So like, oh, these new features that I don't give a shit about, as long as I can still work it the same way for the basic stuff I do. I'm not making a movie on my movie studio. I'm literally adding titles and transitions and that's and 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 trimming the time like the most basic of basic. So I open I'm uh, Saturday morning I'm like I'm back. I got to get these people this Andrew Gillum bit. Let's get this on YouTube. Maybe we can get the Bobby McFerrin bit in a couple of weeks. Good. I'm working on some already writing down some very good new material that people in Pittsburgh and and DC will be able to hear here in the next uh 2 weeks. Um one bit called uh Adele's uh, ex-husband. <laughs> Ah, and I really want to get it, assuming I don't have another album or or, or, or special uh, in the next year or ever. You know, these are ones I'd be happy to put on YouTube once I feel the bit is good. But we get to the new program, and I open up the new program, and it opens up, and it's all new and futuristic-y and looks fucking nothing like the program I've been using for the last 10 years. So I sat at my computer and proceeded to terrify Cookie. Um hurt the feelings of the righteous girlfriend repeatedly um, because I was enraged and I looked at my computer and I at one point said, I'm so close to, f- to beating the shit out of you. Um, and I didn't. This new computer survived because it's not its fault. It's not its fault. Now, if the movie program had exited the computer and tried to leave the apartment you know what I would have done to it. I would have broken my hand on it and then possibly assaulted it sexually the way I did to my Dell laptop. But it didn't. It stayed hidden like a coward inside my innocent, new, working properly laptop. So because I'm a man of principle and not without reason, the program got to live. 
but I'm not happy with it. So I was unable to figure it out. So then what I did in, a, in, a, in an ambiance of dreadful silence, um, all my fault, all 100% my fault, uh, I went into the home office and I said, well, there's an instruction booklet with this program. So maybe it's just time I really start to get, learn it. Maybe I can upgrade my video game by really learning this program. Now, it's a very manageable 270-page manual. So I'm guessing that'll only take me like eight months to read and 19 years to understand. So what I did was, but I hate reading off of a computer, especially when you're like, what page? And then you're like, you can't keep it open with the program. Like I can't work side by side. So I said, I'm going to print this out. So like a psycho, I just sat in the home office and printed all 270 pages of the movie studio, studio manual. And God love this Hewlett Packard printer and the, 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 the ink didn't even break a sweat. I printed it on obviously like black only and uh, like lower usage. But man, I got a 270 page instruction booklet and ink to spare. So if there's a hero here, it's Hewlett Packard's printers. I used to have Epson printers because that's, <laughs> here's another, Dell Remember Dell? Remember I've been talking about them for a while? That fucking joke of a company. Whenever you'd buy a Dell computer, they'd be like, would you like some accessories with your piece of shit? And they'd always be like, get a, get a printer, Epson printer, and it'd be like 99 bucks or 59 bucks. And you'd be like, that's a good deal. Except it wasn't because every printer they ever sent me, um, like I switched printer companies before I switched out of Dell. That's how bad the printers, like Dell, they're like, we make a piece of shit product, but our friend Epson Printers is a real fuck up. We keep Epson Printers around so that you don't notice that our computers suck donkey dick because Epson Printers are awful. I don't even, I can't even continue the joke. They were so bad that they, they camouflaged the worthlessness of Dell computers, which is, which is kind of cool. It was like Epson, like Dell was the, the mildly okay looking bitch, but Epson printers were the obese, rude cunt that they hung out with just so guys would be like, uh, Dell, you're like kind of cool, but what's with your friend Epson printers? She's like a total bitch whore. So Hewlett Packard gets the righteous prick endorsement, not afraid of giving out positive tech information. Um, once again, that's Ron Reagan Jr. For any new listeners this week, please listen back to the last couple of months of episodes and you will uh, realize that he is the unofficial uh, Ed McMahon sidekick of the podcast. Um, and if you're saying who's Ron Reagan Jr., well, he's the son of the former president. I hope that was clear. So, do we have recommendations? Oh, yes. So, anyway, my computer survived. My hand survived. I don't know how to make videos on my computer right now, but we will learn. And, um, you know, by the time I learn the program, I'll probably be ready to get a Mac and learn their program for things. So, um, just, uh, just, just good all around. Good all around. Um, I have some recommendations. Well, not recommendations, just some reviews and some, 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 some new uh, things I'm consuming. Uh, we'll get to those as we always do uh, towards the end. One other story. I thought I'd make this into a bit, but I'm not so sure it's going to be a stage bit anymore. And if it is, I'll refine it and make it uh, all fresh and new. 
But the other thing that made me very furious this week, everything's making me furious. My therapist for the, uh, told me um, in, a, in a bombshell that she thinks maybe I should get on antidepressants. Um, and I said to her quite simply, then I lose. And I realized I'm a, not a hypocrite, but I'm one of those people who's like, I, I do that thing with, with medication where I'm like, yeah, no, that's, I, I don't stigmatize anybody who's on medication. I'll stigmatize myself. I will think less of myself if I'm on them. But no, if you want to be on medication, that's fine. But we'll see. We'll see. Because I'm in, uh, you know, between the insomnia and the the uh, really almost comical rage that I'm experiencing right now, mostly towards inanimate objects and op- ophthalmologists, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's not great. It's not great. So we'll see. Um, I think among the things, there's many things that I won't get into on this, ep- on this podcast, uh, but, but, but of the things I would get into, having one job would help my mood immensely um, because there is no rela- – there hasn't been any relaxation for me in two years. Um, I have not you – know, we, we've been over this, but I'm just saying uh, part of me feels like one job – and dis- and delineated free time would be very helpful for my mental health, which is you know we're pulling for comedy, folks. We're we're pulling for that long shot comedy career. Um, we're hoping that the combination of insane talent and f- worldwide fame and hard work can somehow pull off the miracle of allowing me to take a pay cut and do comedy full time. So, God willing. What should be the easiest fucking thing to happen will happen because it's proven quite, um, quite evasive. But uh, one job at this point is really my goal, and and I will take either. But I but I need to see obviously comedy through. But what one job? I I there's other things in my life that that are stressing me that are you know, but you know employment and being overworked and under sleep under under rested are obviously uh, big issues when it comes to one's mood and mental health. But while we're still going fucking apeshit crazy in Bloomfield, New Jersey, let me share with you one story that I know at least one fan, if not many, wanted to hear. So, I got vision insurance in 2020. I said, you know what? probably time to get a, you know, I, I have a history of glaucoma in my family, so eye health is important. And I will, uh, uh, I will get the vision insurance, which is not too, which is not expensive at all. It's like dental insurance at my firm, and it makes sense to just get it. And then I found an ophthalmologist near my. Uh, that's the doctor, right? The optometrist. There's the optometrist, and then there's the ophthalmologist. The ophthalmologist near my. He's an eye surgeon. Uh, he's got a big office near where I live, so I was like, good, let's go. And, uh, you know, so I've got my insurance and I go, yeah, I haven't gotten my prescription upgrade and I like looked at in like four years and I haven't had a full medical eye exam. So let's go. So I go and he's looking at my eyes and, uh, he makes his assessment and he says, uh, you could use a little uptick in this eye and you got a slight stigmatism in your left eye. These are things my former optometrist who I saw for many years, uh, diagnosed both. And in his judgment, he said, I don't think you need to, I mean, you could, he said you could, but the stronger I make the prescription, then your eyes become reliant. You're probably fine with the way it is. And that's the way things went for, you know, well over a decade. So I see this new doctor, he makes the same assessment, but judges, you know, to say, okay, here's your prescription. Because when you're an eye doctor, you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't, 
You don't come to me for the status quo. You got vision insurance to taunt all these broke bitches who can't get their eyes looked at. So let's upgrade that. And my insurance plan also provided for like, a, a, you know, new glasses and stuff. So I was like, boom, I went and flexed and got a, two new pairs. Uh, one that I like, one that's just okay, basically as a backup. And, uh, you know, so I went and then I picked them up and I said, oh, and give me six months of contacts with this prescription because I have vision insurance and I trust this motherfucker with my eyeballs. So I put on the glasses inside. This is like early summer. I put on the glasses inside and I'm like, woof, these are different, but everything's pretty very clear. Okay. So I have contacts left over from my old prescription and being frugal as fuck, faff, as I like to say. Um, I said, well, let me, I'm not going to transition yet. I'm not going to do a mix and match where I'm wearing the old glass, like the new glasses and old contacts. I was like, I got like a couple months, I got like two months left of the old contacts. I'll keep wearing the old glasses and then I'll do the full switch. Okay. Nobody advised me on that, but it make it seems to make sense. It makes intuitive sense. So when that fateful day comes and I go, I'm out of the old contacts, time to start wearing these fresh ass new glasses I got. I go walking outside and instead of walking on sunshine, I'm walking onto the set of Inception because the fucking sidewalk is rising towards me. I'm walking thinking, am I shrinking? And I am not, this is not, this sounds funny, but I am literally going, I feel three foot eight right now. The sidewalk feels like my legs are getting, like, it was like an optical illusion. I was like, where the fuck is Christopher Nolan? This makes no sense. This must be one of his movies. After Inception. Before, before Inception and before, arguably uh, a top three filmmaker of my lifetime. Since then, get the hell out of here, you British nutbag. Um, Tenet can go fuck itself. Anyway, um, I go, well, this isn't right. This, this can't be. So now that I have non-refundable, six months of non-refundable contact lenses, I'm feeling a little, a little, 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 little angry. But I make an appointment to go back and see him because I trust him. That's why I have vision insurance. That's why you went to eye, eye school and medical school. So I trust you. So he says, okay, let's look at him again. And he looks at him again. He says, the prescription is right. I've double checked. Uh, sometimes it can just take, take some time getting used to them. I think you should give it like a couple of months to try and get used to. I go, okay, that's fair enough. Like he's, 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 he's checking it twice. He's doing his due diligence. And, uh, and he says, and maybe you should uh, try bending them a little bit. Now, the pair of glasses that I have that I really like don't bend. They're like very rigid, uh, whatever they're called, the stems or whatever the fuck the thing you put on your ear is. I don't know glass talk. And uh, the other pair, though, which is my backup pair, they could be bent a little bit. And he was like, because that might help if you just tilt them forward. So he busts out his prescription pad, and I shit you not, writes, bend the glasses. And I was like, what is this, Mr. Miyagi's optometry? Bend the glasses, sand the floor. Uh, so JL-san looks at that prescription and says, uh, okay, we'll see what happens with this. But he told me to get, try to get used to the glasses. So before taking them to uh, an optometrist and going, hi, I have an official prescription from a guy who went to medical school for eyeballs, and it says bend the glasses. Could you do that? Could you? Do you have the skills and the machinery with which to bend the glasses forward? 
Um, my thinking is more that I should just be able to put glasses on and have them work properly. But apparently, um, we've got to call in the fucking crew from Armageddon to do some deep, deep core drilling and bend my glasses. So the day I go to see, uh, uh, no time to die. Was that the name of the bond movie? I already forgot, but I loved it. I loved the movie, but I think it was no time to die. Um, highly recommend. Loved, loved most of the Daniel Craig movies. My ranking, if you're wondering right now, is Casino Royale, No Time to Die. Surprisingly, um, uh, the only one, I, uh, uh, Quantum of Solace, after rewatching it, it pretty much is just part two of Casino Royale. And when it's viewed that way, it really holds up. But it was like seeing it a couple of years later as its own movie. It was kind of weird. Uh, my least favorite of the Daniel Craig's was was a lot of people's favorite, Skyfall. I thought it was weird and too way, 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 way too long without like enough of a payoff. Anyway, um, so we go to see No Time to Die. And, you know, I'm wearing the glasses. I'm sitting on the bus. I'm doing some walking. It's, it's, it's you know, the inception effect is is happening a little bit. But I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going gonna, gonna, I'm, to, I'm using the good, gla- the, the new powerful glasses in the movie um the movie's clear i walk to the bus you know i'm just kind of fighting the it's weird but i'll get used to it that night home watching a little tv i start to develop a headache in the left side of my head and i go i gotta get used to this even if it's even if it's destroying the muscles and nerves in my in my in the left side of my head like i have a fucking tumor i'm gonna fight this because the eye doctor um the only thing after get used to this uh these glasses is the nuclear option of bend the glasses. So I'm sitting there going, I don't want to go to the nuclear option. I don't want to have to go into an optometrist and hand them a piece of paper like I'm some sort of special needs giant. And they look at it and go, "Um, you know, this just says bend the glasses, right? Like you could probably do that, but I guess I'll do it because the doctor man put it on his special doctor paper, young fella. So... I develop this headache and go, well, this isn't working. And I stopped using the glasses and uh, uh, a little less than a day later, the headache went away and has not returned now that I'm using my old glasses. So last week, I call up the doctor's office and said, hey, Dr. Papa said to me, that's that's uh, Italian for uh, I don't give a shit. And I said, uh, I said, hey, is there a chance he can just write the prescription for me without the stuff? I've tried. I'm getting headaches. And um, can he just write the prescription like he said he would, like without the stigmatism? Can he just take that out now? And they and they they like she goes back to the she goes, can you hold for one second? She goes to talk to the doctor and she comes back and said, he wants to know if you've if you had the glasses bent. Now, I lied at this point just to see if I could get the prescription quicker. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you podcast listeners know that's a, that's a filthy fucking lie. I didn't. I didn't go get the be- the glass. Sand the floor. Bend the glasses, Daniel son. And I was just trying to get the new pres- the prescription, so I could like go get new contacts, and then when my re- my insurance kicks back in, you know, re ups uh, in January, I'll go get the lenses for half price, the new lenses for half price. And she said, okay. Can you come in tomorrow at 2.30? And now I couldn't because I was busy, among other things, getting my booster shot. My Moderna, my third Moderna. I'm three for three with Moderna, which is also what Medea calls Madonna. 
Moderna like a prayer. Uh, <laughs> um, and what's the other thing? Omicron. I keep thinking Omicron is like Medea saying, oh, my God. Anyway, enough Medea comments. Um, the I then got snippy with the woman and I said, I actually can't. Um, I was hoping this could be done easier. And she's like, well, you have to come in and measure it. And I was just like, okay, well, I can't. So I will call uh, when this is kind of ridiculous, but I will call when I, uh, when I can, uh, when I can make an appointment and then hung up before she acknowledged it. And, uh, then I called my old optometrist who retired, but his son still runs the office and they have a new doctor in town and I'm going there to get my eyes looked at and get uh, new contacts and I will just find a new eye doctor. And I'm not even, here's the thing, folks, maybe my eye doctor is not full of shit at all. Maybe he's a really good eye doctor. But I'm not in a mental space right now to be fucked with. Do you understand? I just was like, I just want something to go simply. I would like my computer to not be a fucking dick. I would like the movie program I've used for 12 years to kind of be the same when I open up the new version. I would like it to vaguely resemble the old program. I would like for my hand when it's not broken to not hurt when I'm opening egg yolks. And I would like for the doctor to not have to see me every two months to readjust his prescription, which is giving me headaches and making the world feel like a Christopher Nolan film. Okay. That's all. So I, with, with some time and some composure, I realize maybe the doctor is, is a very good doctor. Maybe he knows exactly what he's doing, but I was done with it. I was not having it as the kids say. So, uh, that was that, that was that story. And, uh, let's get to some, uh, let's get to some, uh, I think some reviews. I don't think I have anything else to share. I don't think there's anything else to share. I can't believe it's Sunday. It's Monday tomorrow. Jeez. Back to work, back to the grind. Um, but yeah, let's talk about some things. So I'm almost done with my Peter Thiel book. Uh, what's it called? The Contrarian. It made the New York Times 100 notable books of uh, 2021. I was very disappointed. And thank everybody. Uh, several people have written to me about their uh, appreciation of the book Alpha. So my recommendations, uh, I, you know, there will be a JL book club in 2021. I can assure you that. Uh, among other, hopefully, forms of content. Um, all these things would be great to have in place if and when I sell the special because then there's going to be a whole new bunch of fans hopefully coming on board. But I will always remember you, anonymous thousand people, for being there first. So thank you. But uh, The Contrarian about Peter Thiel did make the top 100. But if I'm ranking them right now, I've still got like 70 pages to go in the Peter Thiel book. If I'm ranking them, Alpha is still my number one book of the year, let alone of the books I'm re like of, of these other books that are on the list that I've read. Um, but it's a good book for sure. And it's it's enlightening. And, I, you know, of course, uh, I read the Elizabeth Holmes book earlier this year. So I'm always game for these fucking weird scumbags from Silicon Valley to, to hear them and read about them getting taken down a notch. Um, also, great Elizabeth Holmes joke bit coming to you. I'm wondering if I'm going to save it for San Jose or if I'm going to, cause that's where her trial is, or if I'm going to perfect it in time for San Jose, my Elizabeth Holmes bit, not an impression though, folks. Okay. Calm down. Sometimes I just share brilliant, hilarious ideas from my mind and they are spoken in my own voice. Okay. Thank you. Um, 
I also watched Loki on Disney+. Plus. Loki. Boy, oh boy, can Loki go fuck himself. This was like one of the main reasons I even joined Disney+. Plus Because I was like, oh, I, I like the villain stories and Tom Hilston's a good actor. And yeah, I'm excited for Loki. Like that was one of the things they announced, I think, early on in the, in the history of Disney+. Plus. Um, I'm one of those contrarians who most of the shit I like on Disney Plus is the underrated, undervalued stuff. Uh, the right stuff, amazing. Loved it. Loved the right stuff. Like both, you know, the book, the fir- the movie, and I just huge fan of the of the like nine episode series or ten episode series that Disney Plus had. I loved the right stuff. No joke. Um, Mandalorian, uh, enjoyed season one, did not really enjoy season two, um, might not even watch season three as it's just so fucking busy. I'm just, I'm a little tired of the gluttony of the Disney kind of franchises, but let's not go into that old argument. The point is Loki was one of the things I was most interested in. Um, so before Loki, I decided, well, okay, I was way behind on the Disney series. I was like, let me watch the Disney series because I haven't watched, like, I'm way behind, but you know, they're like, I, I've already forgotten whatever the spoilers people might have posted. So I watched WandaVision, which I think was like the most critically acclaimed, and it got a bunch of Emmy nominations. I think it got Emmy nominations, and I think I've said it on this podcast. I think it got Emmy nominations based on the strength of its first half. The first half of WandaVision is an A. The second half kind of bored me because I was just like, well, it's starting to feel more con- like just more conventional Marvel stuff, but without the big superheroes in it. So it ended up being a B for me overall. But I understood the strength of those first four, five, six episodes that were like all sort of TV uh, 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 genre based were, were exceptionally funny and, and creative. So then I was like, well, do I even care about the cat, like the Falcon and Winter Soldier? But I was like, well, but what if it connects to Loki? What if they're doing the same thing with the shows that they do with the movies? So I watched Falcon and Winter Soldier. Amazing. Like, so good. I was just like, oh, this is an A. Falcon and Winter Soldier is an absolute, I can't, but like, it was so good. Falcon and Winter Soldier, and I didn't even care. I didn't even really care about it. It was just like, I'm watching this in case it connects, and I don't want to be like, what, what's that from? Let me look that up. What is that? A, flat A. I mean, episode one through six, just great. Great. Great arc, great story, great performances, great everything. Loved it. So now I'm like, okay, Loki, and I watch... Loki and Tom Hiddleston doing his hair flip. You know, the one where he like violently whips his head back. He's obviously kind of enjoying having that like wig of Johnny Depp or Brandon Lee in the crow hair. So he keeps whipping it back. Um, Loki can go fuck itself. Um, I don't know if I've been more disappointed in in a a piece of content this year. Uh, Am I saying it's the worst thing ever? No. But like you expect it. To be, I mean, it was just, eh, at best. It was just, eh. I felt like I was watching a kid's show, but not. It, like a weird, is this for like adults who never got past like 
13 years old of brain development, like where it's like, oh, this is kind of exciting, but like the jokes are kind of stupid. Owen Wilson's just walking around like, Loki, my name is Momius. Moby, Mobius. How do you have Owen Wilson playing? At least Morpheus in 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 uh, the Matrix is, you know, a, a futuristic Lawrence Fishburne. That feels like a Morpheus. Hi everybody, I'm Mobius, and uh, I'm just happy to be here. Loki, you you're a variant. You're a variant, Loki. Yes, I am. Yeah, you're a variant. So you gotta like not be here. I'm Mobius, and you're Loki, and you're a variant. Yes, I am. And making Loki like a good guy. No, if, if, you know what? I don't even care if I'm spoiling it. Fuck that show. Making him like a good guy and making him into like, they like sapped all his like character. So, so like there was never really any like real villainy from, from, from Loki or any ambiguity. Like, he was just, like, the good guy from, like, the end of episode one till the end of the season. And, God, it was, like, hugely disappointing. I, I, I'm i just shocked that people were like, oh, Loki's my favorite or I really like... I'm like, I get it if you just like the escapism or whatever, but, like, I'm... And, and, and this is... You, you've heard my reviews. It ain't like I'm saying all this is shit. I'm even a reluctant Disney Plus viewer, and I can admit Falcon and Winter Soldier was tremendous, so it's not like I'm sitting here going like, too, too much Marvel, man, I'm Mobius. Uh, Owen Wilson, one of my first impressions on one of my, on my first album. Um, it's, it's a little rusty, but it was good to get, you know, just get see him uh, talking to Tom Hiddleston. He's like a real talented guy. But, uh, you know, I'm just Mobius and we're, we're trying to protect the future. You know, there's timelines and... You know, you're varying, and, like, I think they just picked a bunch of words that Owen Wilson would sound extra Owen Wilson. Like, things with, like, eh, variant, momious, like, things that have to come out of my severely broken, misshapen nose. I'm Mobius, you're Loki, you're variant. <laughs> How about that, guys? He got me to dust off the Owen Wilson after, like, ten plus years. Um... Carpentry, that's a little callback to uh, Meet the Parents, one of one of my favorite comedies of all time. I don't care if, like, it's basic or if it's, like, run of the – Meet the Parents is just so goddamn good. When I say basic, I mean, like, generic, like, lots of people love it. I don't care. What are my top five comedies? I'm not sure. Uh, probably off the top of my head, I would have to say there's something about Mary. Some I'll say it as Owen Wilson. There's something about Mary. And then I would say Meet the Parents – so that's already boom boom with Zoo, uh, with with Derek uh, Derek Zoolander aka Ben Stiller. Zoolander's in my top ten. I don't know if it's in the top five, um, but like other ones like School of Rock. Just one. It's a comedy technically. I don't think of it as a comedy, but it is a comedy, and it's one of my like ten favorite movies ever. So it would probably be in there. Um, Dark horses like MacGruber, Tenacious D, and The Pick of Destiny, and Hamlet Two are in the top ten. Hamlet Two, by the way. There's really not a movie I won't see with Steve Coogan based solely on the strength and power of Hamlet 2. Uh, anyway, there's some other recommendations for you from the Comedy Mind and Film Vault of J.L. Covan. Um, Mobius. So my name is Mobius, and I'm, I'm looking after the variants, and you're Loki. Loki, you're, you, you know what, Loki, you're just lying. You're a liar. That's, that's what you do, Loki. You lie. Yes, I do. <laughs> I don't have the Tom Hiddleston yet, but I, Loki, 
you're 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 the god of mischief. You lie to everyone. Oh, I'm supposed to trust you now, Loki? Why? Because you're a variant and I'm Mobius and your name's Loki. <laughs> but I, I fucking did not like Loki at all. And whenever I see Jonathan Majors, I know he's like the it dude of the moment. But I just, he drips drama school acting as far as I'm, I, and, and what do I know about acting other than I make my debut in a premium cable drama very shortly. <laughs> no, but no, I, I get it. I bet you if I was in the same room, if I was in the same room as Jonathan Majors, I'd be like in awe of his talent. But sometimes I just look and I go, yeah, I feel like you're tapped. Like every time I see him do something, I'm like, it doesn't feel as it feels like he's like going to his Yale drama playbook, but like I anyway, whatever. I'm just um, maybe he's great in Lovecraft Country, but I've seen him in too many things recently, and I'm just like he's okay. Why is he the guy? But okay, that's just me. But um, you know, he's in Loki. Oh wait, whoops. <laughs> Nope, like I said, don't care about spoiling Loki. I don't care about spoiling Loki because it's not a good show. In fact, I don't even think people should go see it because I'm Mobius. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I watched that. We started Ted Lasso last night, so we're two episodes into season two. Yeah, I'm way behind. I still haven't watched Queen's Gambit. I'm going to be two years behind Queen's Gambit. But... Um, you know, we'll we'll get there. But uh, Ted Lasso is what I needed, you know, uh, in terms of I specifically wanted some feel-good stuff. And then, of course, like eight minutes into episode one, Ted Lasso is giving like some like heartfelt speech. And I was like, please let them turn it into a joke. And then it wasn't. It was just like a heartfelt speech. I was like, oh, they're going to lean in. They're going to lean in hard in season two into everything that people loved about it. And they're just going to play to that. Um, like this, the way True Blood by its third season was like, I think we lost our last straight male viewer. So let's just go with the buff naked dudes for the rest of the run. <laughs> really like the first couple seasons of True Blood. And then once once that guy who's like married to Sofia Vergara, Joe, whatever. Yeah, that's me denigrating Italian people again. Um manage it yeah but whatever the guy al seed uh he he uh al seed sounds like a porn name right like like al and then s-e-e-d um one of the best in the business al seed um but when he got on the show i was like all right they so they got this like big buff like and he's he's a different type of good looking like they were really trying to hit like they were like you have eric northam which is the the what's his name alexander skarsgård Who's, you know, your like sleek, tall, Norwegian, good looking model dude. And then you got Bill, Com Bill Compton. Uh, I'm sorry. I used to do a very funny Sookie Stackhouse impression that had all my, all the women at my law firm giggling uh, way back in the day. Um, Bill Compton. Uh, it's not good if you're not here, but it's making me laugh inside. But Bill Compton was just sort of your, your regular good looking short British dude. And then they brought in like we need we need like a, a lumberjack man, like calent fireman calendar guy to round out. And when they brought that dude in and his acting was so mediocre, I was like, oh, okay, I'm no longer the target for this show. Like it's 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 now it appears that it's going to be going the route of Playboy softcore pornography for women. So I bowed out and said, good first two seasons, not interested anymore. Thank you. Um, why did I bring that up? Why did I bring that up, Mobius? 
Uh, but Ted Lasso, um, yo, no, it was the whole point of like saying playing to your audience a little too much, like stay independent, stay with what made the show great, but not necessarily just give the audience exactly what they want. So I don't know, two episodes in though, but I, I, I wanted something light and fluffy and, uh, enjoyable. So I, I had a nice, uh, first two episodes of season two of Ted Lasso. So there's that. Uh, still don't think it should have won Best Comedy. The idea that Curb Your Enthusiasm is going like in its 12th season as strong as it's ever gone, and yet it has fewer comedy wins than Shit's Creek and Ted Lasso. Come on, people. Anyway, what other content did I watch? So much content, folks. So much fucking content. Well, I'm in the middle of Lawrence of Arabia, which I have to get back to. Um, and I'm trying to think. What else did I... What else did I watch? I guess it was Loki. Yeah, with Mobius. So I give Loki a thumbs down. Not interested in season two. Will not be watching. Uh, and please don't at me with, JL, I know you said you weren't going to watch season two, but season two is flame emojis. Don't care. Uh, then people said, well, if, those, if that's your ranking, then you'll probably like Hawkeye. And part of me is like, yeah, I had a, f a bad feeling that like people would be like, oh, Hawkeye is actually really enjoyable. But I'm like, you know what? Captain and Winter Falcon and Winter Soldier was like the low threshold that I wasn't that interested, but I had enough interest to give it a chance. Um, seeing Jeremy Renner do archery in leather is uh, a step too far for my giving a shit. Uh, so probably going to skip Hawkeye, especially when I'm still in case you missed it, still haven't even watched Queen's Gambit. Like, I am, I am, yeah, I mean, I haven't watched the last season of Narcos, which is, of course, uh, along with The Crown, my favorite Netflix show. So there's a lot of stuff out there, a lot of stuff. And the next book that I will be starting on my way to Pittsburgh is Gamora, which is like a 15-year-old book about the, the, the mob in Naples, Italy. And the, it, was so con it was so revelatory and impactful that the author had to go into hiding after writing it. And he's like my age. So he was like, like mid-late 20s when he had to go into hiding from the mob because it revealed everything. And I remember I bought the book, never read it, and then saw the movie and thought the movie was okay. And was like, I got to read the book at some point. And I've literally had the book for like 14 years or something. Something like that. 13 years. And then that HBO, the, the Sundance series that's now with HBO Max came out. And it got friends of mine and everybody I've ever heard talk about it says Gamora is an incredible show. So as soon as that's done, I'm going to load up a bunch of HBO Max episodes onto my brand new uh, tablet. And watch some of those on my uh, train trips across America. So that, I think this was an excellent episode, if I do say myself. If you disagree, uh, well, then you're probably Owen Wilson. And you're like, why does he not like my character Mobius? What's the problem? Anyway, guys, this was fun. You're getting it a day early again. I don't know. I, maybe, maybe it should be, you know, instead of see you next Tuesday, it should be see you Monday. Come. So... Uh, as, and I give credit to, uh, Rod of the Lack Who Tips for, uh, making that joke to me a couple of months ago when I was putting out several Monday episodes instead of Tuesday episodes, but just doing a lot of podcasts, doing a lot of stuff. Um, so rather than, I don't, I don't like having like tons of congestion when I'm like, Oh, I got to promote two podcasts, a video and a show on this day, because then, uh, the algorithms fuck you up. So thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. But yes, guys, as a reminder, Pittsburgh. 
D.C., Harrisburg, Chicago, San Jose, Los Angeles, just outside of Salt Lake City, Utah. Get your tickets. Please tell your friends. Let's let's get some good crowds for these shows. I swear you won't be disappointed. You'll get everything you want. You'll get a killer hour of stand-up, and then if you're so inclined, you might even be able to do a Q&A with some of my impressions. I really try to deliver the goods. So uh, I hope um, if you hear this and you live near one of those cities or you have friends that you know like some of my stuff in those cities, please encourage them to get tickets. They're not too expensive, obviously. Who the fuck am I? Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, yes, see you in Pittsburgh, uh, some of you, I'm hoping, uh, this week. And other than that, I'll be doing legal work and possibly saving up my calories because I saw a Pizzeria Uno is near my hotel in Pittsburgh. So a Chicago classic might have my name on it. And that's about 2,000 calories, which is about all I can eat an entire day. So if you see any ornery tweets or posts from me on the Amtrak on the way to Pittsburgh, it's because I'm I'm subsisting on air, uh, body odor of other people, and water so that I have my calories to devour a Chicago classic individual at Pizzeria Uno around 9 p.m. in Pittsburgh on Wednesday night. Not afraid of having a last meal at Pizzeria Uno. So thank you for listening, guys. Uh, Have a great week. Go get your vaccines. Go get boosted. I guess I can now say boosted. I'm boosted. Um, So I feel really invincible now. The only thing not invincible is, um, you know, my comedy career. That's very vulnerable. So get your tickets, and I will see you next Tuesday. Yeah.